Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live, and tonight we have Art the Clown himself, David Howard Thornton. David, thank you for being our guest. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is our it's my pleasure. It is our pleasure here at Dead Talk Live <laughs> to be talking to you. Uh, there's a lot of excitement for tonight's show, and people want to hear what you have to say. So uh, let's get right to the nitty gritty, okay? What I want to know is... When you first met Damien, Damien Leone, how did that conversation go of him describing this psychotic killing clown to you? Oh my gosh, yeah. That, uh, my, our first real discussion about him was when I was in the makeup chair for the, the makeup test the first time. And, you know, because I'm an actor and I'm like, okay, I want to know everything about this guy's background, his motivations, all that kind of stuff. And Damon just kind of like, well, you know, I really don't know. Sorry about that. Okay. (laughs) Also, okay. So, yeah. So he's like, why don't we just like um, figure a lot of that out together? So that's what we did. So we've spent all this time really creating more of his background and everything. Because, you know, I think for like All Hallows Eve, he just thought he looked kind of creepy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like for part, you know, for the Terrifier movie. I mean, he's like, he's like, okay, I... I guess we need to really start fleshing out his character more. So that's what we started to do together in developing stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's been fun actually being able to really create the character with him in a lot of ways. And uh, did you have a lot of input, uh, your own creative input on how to flesh out the character? Yeah, I, he let me have some input as well, especially I, I wanted to go more into the physicality of the character. Like, especially since he is a clown, I wanted to bring more of that kind of aspect to him, that the clowning aspect because that was actually something they even um mentioned they wanted someone to bring to it in the uh the casting notice for mm-hmm. him i was like well that's that's my area of expertise is doing a lot of you know physical comedy so i want to bring that aspect to the character and i i think it worked pretty well <laughs> it did it worked out great and you guys have created like i've told damien the the new famous you know, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees of the 21st century. Now, Damien is uh, a makeup artist. So he was the one that created the look for you. What was your reaction uh, sitting in that makeup chair and he was done and you got to see through yourself what Art the Clown was going to look like? Oh, I loved it. (laughs) I went nuts. I was like... What I did, I'm used to a lot of crazy makeup jobs too, because I, I did a lot of children's theater growing up, and I also like toured for like five years with How the Grinch Stole Christmas the musical, so we had a lot of crazy makeup in that as well. So, what I like to do is like when I get a new makeup job like that, I like to go and sit in front of a mirror for a while and make faces. So that's what I did. I went to the bathroom and just. <laughs> they probably thought I was doing something else in the bathroom, <laughs> but I was like, "No, I'm in here just making faces." They're like, "Yeah, sure you are." <laughs> so to to help the development of art, uh, a lot of actors do this. Did you create a backstory to for art to help you represent him on screen? I did, but I did that with uh, Damien as well, and we we keep on adding more and more to that as well as we go along. So it's, it's been fun. But I, I, I basically though just started off with like just one of the lines that the, uh, the crazy um, cat lady homeless woman says is like, he's, he does this because he thinks it's funny. Yeah. It's fun for him. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's so I was like, Oh, that's his whole motivation right there. He's, he's the anti clown in a way where, you know, clowns are supposed to bring joy and happiness to people. 
he he's bringing misery and you know pain to other people for his own amusement. Yeah, he's a sadist. There's no other way around yeah. it. Now you've mentioned in a prior interview you have a love for improv. Yes. Uh, and was that part of what you brought to art as well? And did Damien allow uh, room, a lot of room, little room for imp improv with the clown? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, that's definitely what I brought to it. I, I would say more than anything else is a lot of it. Because I like to play around. I like to experiment and see what I can come up with, especially with, when it comes to comedy. Mm -hmm. I think there's so many things you can just, you know, see what you can do in the moment. And we had some happy moments like that happen on set in both films. Like it's the most well-known one, I think, in part one was with uh, me flicking the bird to Samantha <laughs> when she stabs me in the foot. <laughs> that was me just goofing around on set, and they caught it on film after they had said cut. And I was like, yeah, they thought that was funny. But, yeah, that's something Damien has done a lot, especially in part two, because he, he when he wrote part one, he didn't know me. Mm -hmm. He didn't know my style. So he, he discovered that part of me when we're filming part one, like especially with the the scene where I'm making all the faces and everything like that. That's in the in the pizzeria scene. And he wrote more of those kind of scenes in part two for me, just just experiment and play with where he's basically wrote a bare bones description of the scene and he's like, Okay, art's in this environment and he plays with everything around him and he we're just like, Okay, we're just gonna figure all that out when we get there on set and see what you had to work with. I'm like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And I love those kind of scenes. Awesome. A lot a lot of different takes that, you know, aren't even used. I would say the majority of the takes we where I was just playing around don't get used, but I gave them so many options just mm -hmm. to go with. That is so amazing. Now, uh, I've told this to almost every member of Terrifier that I've spoken to, is, and as fans, we love the fact on how Damien pays tribute to a lot of uh, old-time classic horror movies. And mm -hmm. I even told this to Damien himself, the, the quality of the movie, the film, a little bit of grain added here and there, also gives it sort of that 80s, 90s feel of horror uh, how do you feel about that aspect of the movie? Oh, I love it. Um, because this is our, our intention with part one was basically to, this was our love letter to the slasher genre, especially the, the films that came out in the 70s and 80s and the heyday of the slashers that, you know, it's when people were really experimenting and see what they could go with. And yeah. that's what I that's why I'm glad we we're able to, you know, latch on to. And I think we scratched that itch that a lot of people had because we were able to scratch that nostalgic itch without trying to be, oh, look how nostalgic we're being at the same time. Now, it, it just felt familiar to people. Yeah, exactly. And that's what a lot of horror fans really loved about it. Now, you know, you guys really pushed the boundaries with the, you know, part one of Terrifying <laughs> in regards to gore. Uh, you know, poor Catherine. I told her when we oh, met yeah. her in uh, September, where I met you as well at the convention in Atlantic City. You know, I told yes. her, you know, Catherine, you suffered the most gruesome on scene kill I have ever seen in any horror movie. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, stick with wait. that scene for a second. <laughs> I mean. Poor girl was hanging upside down for, like Damien described it, for hours. Um, yeah. How was, I mean, how did you two, did you guys talk about it on how you guys were going to work that scene where you literally slice her in half? 
Yeah, I think Damien and Catherine talked more about it than me because I'm just basically there just pretending I'm doing all that kind of stuff. She's doing all the hard work. Mm -hmm. I'm just having to pretend like I'm actually cutting into her and, <laughs> and feeling sorry for her the whole entire time. So I guess that, you know, that really goes all to her. The, 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 the real cutting I did was the prosthetic. So, <laughs> but you got I mean, that, that prosthetic. Fun. I mean, when you were slicing, did you like? Was that fun? Like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I gotta portray. I'm killing a person here, so I'm gonna put everything I have into chopping up this prosthetic uh, person oh, right yeah. in front of me. Oh, that was a lot of fun because I, I actually got to really saw through that thing, and that's that that saw went through it a lot easier than I was expecting too. So I was like, Oh wow. And they're like, don't go through it so fast, Dave. I'm like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, so going back to the, the pushing of the boundaries uh, and you guys pushed so many of them in the first one, when it did come time. Mm -hmm. And of course, part two has not been delivered to the fans yet. And we're all eagerly anticipating it. Do you mm -hmm. think Damien yourself took it to a, even higher level than you guys did in Terrifier? Oh, by far. <laughs> I recently got to see uh, the big kill scene that we think it's going to top the hacksaw scene, at least in sheer brutality, a few weeks ago. And it's basically uh, about five, six minutes of art just going to town on somebody, and we're showing it all. And it's it's brutal. It's It's... I, I don't imagine we would be able to get that past a ratings board. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you'd be surprised. You never know. Uh, you never know. You never know. But it's it's pretty gruesome. We we've shown it to some um, some of our cast members from part one just to get their reactions, and they all were just like, "Holy crap!" We uh, also showed it to um, Heather Riker, who does a lot of Q and A sessions at conventions, and mm -hmm. she's a big, huge horror buff herself. And I. I she basically broke down in tears of happiness by the end of the kill scene. She, I, I, I was like, why are you, why are you crying? She's like, I'm just so moved. This is so, this is, this is what horror fans want to see. This is, this is, this is amazing. It's brutal as anything, but oh my God, this is what we want to see. I can't wait to see it. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I can only imagine. Yeah, it's, uh, it's gruesome, man. It's, you know, people are going to be like, dude, you got to stop. <laughs> it's like what's wrong with you guys so when damien first presented you the script of the first one and you're reading through it and you're reading through all the kill scenes and what art has to do mm -hmm. what were your feelings uh about that do you think it was a little too much or what well you know i i'm so used to what i'm usually see in horror films now where they don't even show the kills most of the time. Mm -hmm. They usually zoom out or do it off screen or you see it in shadow or something like that. You just see it like a blood splatter or something like that. So his description of the hacksaw scene, he wrote everything out what was happening in that. And I was like, okay, cool. This is probably, you know, just so for our benefit to know what's going on. And he's like, Oh no, 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 we're actually going to show all that. And I was like, Holy crap. All right. I'm totally in. Because I, I, I think that's one thing that's been bothering me a lot with, you know, slashers, especially in the past few decades, is they've been so tame. They're trying to mm -hmm. play it safe all the time. They're, yeah. And they're so generic. It's And it, like the kills are no longer creative, crazy kills no. anymore. It's just stab and move on to the next victim. I'm like, God, it's so boring. And, no. I, you know, pun intended, art makes an art out of killing. Exactly. And that's what I love about it. It's just like it's... I, I, that's what I love about the, his name is just like there's so many things you can take from his name, and that's one of the things. He, he, there's the art of the kill with him, and 
that's what I love about it. Absolutely. So yeah. We're bringing back the creative kills that you've seen in those the, the original slashers, especially those B-movie slashers back in the day where they didn't care what the rating boards were saying. They were going to go crazy. I, I mean, look at you know, the movie Prank Dead with the, the lawnmower scene. It's just oh, like, yeah. oh, my God. I, to- I totally agree with you, and I think that's why what led to the sort of decline of slasher films is because they did tame it too much. And what mm-hmm. you and Damien did with this is you like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just throw it out there and see what it does. And it worked. It, it, it yeah. sort of revived this dying subgenre in horror, and it gave it new life. Now, when it comes to art, coming out only on Halloween. Uh, In your opinion, is that just tribute to the movie Halloween? Or is there a reason why art only does this on Halloween night? I I mean, I don't want to spoil too much, but um, I will say part of it goes with uh, the whole idea that that's the one night a year he can go around dressed like that and Mm -hmm. totally blend in with everybody else. No one thinks anything of it, just another guy in a costume. Okay, that's fair enough. Now, uh, you know, as you're building up this story with, you said, yourself and Damien, the other 364 days out of the year is are just a regular person, a psychopath, but we all know that psychopaths can (laughs) blend into normal society with no problem, and it's just this one night a year that he shows his true colors. Yeah, we'll 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 see. I, I don't want to divulge too much. Okay, you know, so okay. That might be something we tackle in a future film. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, now, I will say we don't tackle that in part two. So you know, don't don't expect that in part two yet. Now you had uh, one of the most twisted scenes in the first one is where you take off the clown costume and you put on the scalp blonde, uh, you know, Catherine's hair. And you go up and you're sort of doing this sort of like Buffalo Bill from Silence <laughs> of the Land reenactment. As an actor, how did that feel for you just to wear, you know, being almost half naked, wearing that wig with the art face and just it's all set through movement, body yeah. movement. How difficult and challenging was that for you? That that's a good question. First of all, that wasn't Catherine's body. That was the the homeless woman's okay. body okay. parts that I was using, though. But um, that was originally not written to be that way. I was originally just using putting the body parts over my costume. And it was about two days before we filmed it. Damien approached me while we're in the car. He's like, "So, um, I got a crazy sick idea for you that you might not like." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> it's like, how how would you feel about? being naked and putting all that stuff on i'm like oh because <laughs> i i've always been very self-conscious about my body growing up it's just like because i've always been a really skinny guy and mm-hmm. stuff like that and so i was like ah geez my first because this is also my first film i'm like ah oh, man i don't want my first film people seeing my naked ass and stuff like that but i really thought about it more i was like you know what that is really really creepy and also, Catherine is going out of her way, really, you know, putting herself in a very vulnerable and exposed manner for that one kill scene. I'm like, you know, if she can do that, I can do that. Do this for the scene because, yeah, that will actually add an extra creepy layer to this and just shows how really depraved this character is that he, he wouldn't just put this on his costume. He would actually put someone else's body parts on himself and wear it around like that. 
And I was like, this is, this is great. I'm totally, um, you know what? I'm like, I feel sorry for our crew, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm, I'm in. Let's no, do this. It, it definitely worked, David. I mean, you're right. It added that extra layer to your character. I mean, you know, Damien was brilliant in coming up with that idea mm -hmm. and uh, you going along with it and doing it. I think it played perfectly and adding you. that real creep factor to somebody who yeah. already was pretty damn uh, creepy. Uh, now, clowns in general, you know, are considered scary. I, I don't like mm -hmm. clowns. I mean, just in particular. <laughs> uh, it's just something about them. For me, it goes back to the Poltergeist movie with that doll, the clown mm -hmm. doll. And clowns have always been depicted in horror movies. What are your feelings in regards to clown, the creep factor, and horror? <laughs> well, I've actually never really been too creeped out by clowns, oddly enough. It's like the only one that really creeped me out was way back when I was like maybe two or three years old. I had those Mego figures of the Batman yeah. line, and I had the Joker figure, and he scared me. My mom had to hide him for a little while until I got used to him. That's the only time a clown ever creeped me out. I, I, I I guess because also I kind of grew up with Ronald McDonald, yes. <laughs> so like, yes. like he, I was like I equated you know clowns with you know fun like Ronald McDonald and Bozo. I, I used to watch the Bozo show all the time. So clowns never really bothered me. I always thought they were amusing and stuff like that. But yeah, I could see why other people would be creeped out, especially by you know after it came out, a lot of mm -hmm. people were really freaked out by clowns and stuff. I have I have good friends that have huge phobias of clowns. They won't even watch Terrifier, even though I'm in it. They're like, yeah, I love you, but no. But I, I think it comes down to the whole Uncanny Valley issue where it's like clowns are so close to looking like a human, but they're so exaggerated at the time at the same time. So it's it's kind of creepy in that way. And especially with horror clowns, it's like, you know, cause, as I said earlier, clowns are supposed to bring happiness and joy mm -hmm. to people. And horror clowns are doing the opposite. And I think that's what really disturbs people more because they're supposed to be fun and innocent. And it's like, it's like when you see um, like what creeps me out or like, ghost children and stuff like that creepy little kids in movies that that because those that's another thing that's supposed to be nice and sweet and innocent mm -hmm. but yes you know, anything that you can take something that seems nice and good and you can twist it in a dark way i think that adds to a creepy factor absolutely now what terrifier art the clown has done for your career and your popularity is you know goes without saying uh, to let our audience know, you know, I met David uh, this past September in Atlantic City at a horror mm -hmm. convention, and your line stretched around the room. So, <laughs> I mean, you're a very popular guy. Uh, how much, you know, since the movie came out and you started doing these conventions, how much has this role changed your life? Oh, been night and day I, I was waiting tables for 13 years here in new york and now i don't have to do that anymore so that's been great <laughs> it was because like terrifier came out when i was first waiting tables so it was a very weird thing that i was dealing with at that time because i was going to work and you know people treating me like crap you know just mm -hmm. because they didn't get enough ranch with their salad or yeah. something like that it's things that like are so just infinitesimal you know that, that don't really matter mm -hmm. and then i come home and i'm answering fan mail so that was kind of weird but like you know once i started doing the conventions i didn't have to do that anymore and now i'm i've started doing other films and it's i've 
built up a whole new base of friends i've it's been wonderful yeah yeah it's your your life changes just like that total total change in blink of an eye it's how, like now i'm not struggling to pay my bills anymore <laughs> exactly how do you uh because you do a lot of them do you like going into these conventions and meeting your fans and you have a lot of them and talking to them and hearing you know just how much they love watching art the clown and terrifier how does that make you feel Oh, I love it. I, I mean, I used to go to conventions before, you know, this all happened for me. So I used to go and cosplay as Joker a lot. So, like, especially when I see someone cosplaying art, I just, I go nuts over that. Yeah, I've seen some really creative ones, too. Oh, wow. And it just, because I, I know, you know, with cosplay, you know, you do that because you love the character. And it takes, a, a lot of these are homemade costumes, too. So no one's, someone put all that time and effort to make that mm -hmm. just so they could show up for that day dressed as me. And I'm like, that's so cool. It is. And I, I love I love that whole aspect of meeting the because the fans that have made this movie what it is. It's like we didn't have a studio system behind us pushing us and you know doing all this publicity for us. It's the fans that got the word of mouth out there about it. Mm -hmm. And it's the fans that really funded part two. And so I I love having that ability to actually interact with the fans in that capacity i'm thinking like damien's the same way we we and so are the the girls you know when we go to these we don't just go to the table during the day and go and call it a night when the, the con's finished we go and hang out afterwards usually the parties and all that kind of stuff too which i i think it's a lot of fun it's just it, is. it can be overwhelming at times but it's 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 a good type of overwhelming so i'm, I'm very grateful to be able to when I had Samantha on, uh, Samantha told me that the first time she met you was you in costume. Is that accurate? Yes. <laughs> she didn't know what I looked like for several, uh, probably a few months. It was like one day she showed up on set the same time I showed up on set. And I started talking to her and she didn't even realize it was me. It was so funny. And like Samantha, she's like, because she was kind of like, like, why, why, dude, why are you talking to me? I don't know you. I'm like, Samantha, it's. It's me, Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, holy crap, that's what you look like. <laughs> now, the whole Terrifier crew, and I've met almost all of you uh, behind and in front of the camera, you guys seem like you've become one big family. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's just... And it's, it, it's so funny because, you know, I'm part of two different casts from the movies, and so it's like in both casts have been great everybody gets along so well the cast and crew it's not just the cast itself the crew and the cast bond because we're we're such a small company so everybody gets along and we're in the trenches together we're all mm -hmm. suffering together and because usually we've all been in these miserable environments because we're usually filming in the winter so it's one of those things like it's like we've gone to war together so there's that kind of bond with each other after all this and so we all get along so well we just did a chiller theater mm -hmm. in uh, Persephone if two weeks ago and that was the first time we had most of the cast there from terrifier and a lot of those people that was their first time doing a convention as well and so that was so oh, yeah. much fun i was like i was so happy to see everybody else being introduced to this world that i've been part of for three years i'm like welcome to this life and mm -hmm. it's just just saying you know not just how fans would come up to me i was so happy to see the fans going up to all of them and getting their autographs and everything like that and the love going around we were we had all had so much fun hanging out together because i haven't seen some of these people in like two or three years now horror fans are the best fans in the world right oh they are Hand, oh, yeah. on, hands down they're the most devoted fans out there and they love their their characters 
and it's no surprise the love that this show art now uh going back to art uh you don't say a word in the movie it's all done through body movement and it's done brilliantly congratulations you did a great job in pulling that off uh as an actor explain to us doing a role uh and being the lead of a movie where you have no lines and everything (laughs) has to be conveyed through body movement and actions uh walk us through the challenges you face well, the one thing I do enjoy is I don't have to memorize lines because <laughs> I'm used to, especially when I've done like parts like Joker and stuff like that. I've I've had monologues, pages of monologues memorized. You know? So it's just like, oh, this is nice. I just show up on set for the day and I'm like, what do I do today? <laughs> They're like, oh, you just do this. Okay, great. So yeah, it's it's that's been a great aspect of it. I'm like, but another thing I had to really really do is not utilize my main skill set which is my voice because i am a voice actor i do over 200 voices and dialects and all that kind of crazy stuff so like every character i've played before i usually start with the voice first and develop the the character off of the voice and i didn't have that luxury with art this time but the good thing was as i have a long history with silent film acting and i that love for it you know i grew up watching a lot of the silent comedians back in the day from everything from chaplin all the way through like rowan atkinson and mr bean wow and i love that style of comedy and i i did a, i was able to perfect a lot of that over all these years i was doing children's theater because children are into that physical comedy and then when i toured with grinch i was the understudy for the grinch and our grinch was stefan carl who was um, most notable, uh, the biggest role he is known for is playing Robbie Rotten on the show Lazy Town. Yeah, I, you know, I have three kids, so I'm, I know Robbie yeah. Rotten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Stefan, as you know, was a master at physical comedy and clowning. He actually studied that. And so he was able to really take me under his wing for five years and really help fine tune my skills. And so I had that all there in my database in my head. And so when I was approaching certain scenes in the film, I was like, okay, so how, how would Stefan approach this thing? Cause like art has got to be bigger than life in his approach. Everything. It's like, if he's grabbing a bottle of water, he just doesn't just casually just grab a bottle of water. He does some kind of like, yeah. Ooh, you know, that's because that's what clowns do. They they exaggerate everything. So but I, I didn't want to go too overboard and campy with it. So th- that was the challenge is trying to walk that fine line of being too campy and too comedic and being not just boring. Exactly. <laughs> I guess you could say. And, and there were times where Damien had to pull me back with that kind of stuff. So it was like. It, which was understandable because yeah. well, I, I can think of a scene uh, in, in one scene in particular is when um, I have Jenna tied up to the chair and mm-hmm. I'm torching her with different instruments. We, we did so many different takes of all these different uh, weapons and toys I had in that bag. And some things I was doing were like comedic bits. Like I was doing like the uh, old Johnny Carson, you know, golf swing bit with this rod that had a big, huge metal spike on it. And, pretend I was going to whack her knee with it. It's like, well, yeah, this is funny, but, you know, maybe we don't need to be too comedic right now. This needs to be, you know, more sinister and creepy. So, you know, we had, but I had different takes and everything with that. So that that was, it was a fun challenge. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And you know, you you're giving Damien uh, a lot of options to pick from at the end of the day because right. you do have all these different skill sets that you can offer. Now we now Art. A lot of people may not know this is a character that, like you mentioned, appeared in All Hallows Eve. It was a short. Uh, it was played by another actor at that time. Uh, so when you got the part and this is a character that was portrayed already in a short film, what did, uh, did it put any kind of pressure on you to try to mimic that or try to play the same character the way it was played before? Or did Damien say, you know what, put that aside and give us your version of art? It was a little bit of both because, like, the thing was uh, the original actor, Mike Gianelli, who played art, he, he didn't really have the background that I have in physical comedy. And that, that's one thing Damien wanted more of in this. And so basically what I did and what Damien also encouraged me to do is to look at his original performance and take the basics of what he did and then build upon that. So I, I, I say that Mike really set a good foundation for me and I just built upon that. I added more of the physical aspect of the, especially a lot more comedic aspects to the character. Okay. Okay. Now wh one of the most memorable uh, scenes, you know, is when you're decapitating and you're slicing at it, you're just pulling, pulling it back, just really gruesome. How did you approach that scene uh, and make it look and feel so realistic? You know, uh, an example of the kill where you made it re look and for us as the audience feel so realistic. A lot of that was just Damien's you know, practical effect work. He did a great job with that because he, he had different layers to it where he had like the first the uh, just like a dull knife that I was just dragging across Mike Levy's neck. And then he built a little prosthetic so I could actually look like I was digging into it mm -hmm. with the knife. And then he had the, the full on prosthetic that I actually got to slice right through with the, uh, the knife and pull it off. And I, I, I kind of like that because I kind of thought of it like he's playing with, he's making him into a human Pez dispenser <laughs> with the whole pulling it back and I only yeah. had one shot of that with pulling the head off because we only had one, one, one prosthetic. prosthetic. So that, that was, that was kind of stressful there. Cause like, Oh, don't screw this up. And it just worked just perfectly. So that was fun. But another hard part was just trying like when I'm, it, it, you don't really think of it until you, I say it, but it's like uh, when I'm stepping on the head and trying to pull the blade out, I had to, since it wasn't a, you know, completely solid head it didn't have a you know actual skull inside of it so it could smush and mm -hmm. i had to actually not smush the head <laughs> so was, i had to make it look like it was still you know had a skull in there keeping it solid so i was like ah that's kind of hard <laughs> it's all, it's i love hearing all these little challenges you guys had to face you know behind the you know behind the scenes to make it and pull it off and look so oh, realistic yeah. Oh, it's the blood tubes. Those the blood tubes is the hardest things to deal with because they get clogged. Sometimes they don't they spray too much or they don't spray enough. So you're having to constantly do so many takes with these stupid blood tubes. And I felt so sorry for Mike that night too because he didn't really bring a change of clothes, and so all of that blood was going right down to his uniform, right down to his underpants, and everything like that. 
gotten his contact lenses, and it was like, uh, just miserable for him. And Mike Levi, he's a great guy. Uh, yeah. You know, he's a great guy. Let's talk about location setting. Um, you guys filmed this, like you said, in, in wintertime. You had to face some pretty grueling conditions yes. uh, in that, you know, abandoned factory. Uh, how difficult were the just the environment that you worked in? Did How much oh. harder did it make your job? To perform it didn't really make it harder to perform but it just wasn't the most fun environment to perform in like the the building that we were in for most of the duration in new jersey was uh had no heat mm. and had no running water and so that just had its own challenges there we had to bring a space heater around with us and stuff like that and it's just and when you're covered in so much blood it's just you, you i would have to basically take a horse bath and have bottles of water and kind of just sponge it off of me and it got really cold that way <laughs> so the the conditions you, you were very to. challenging oh yeah definitely definitely so not but not the most fun especially that night for poor Catherine because it was we shot that in january that room had no heat in it and it was about oh. 20 degrees that night so I know I was cold, but, you know, she's wearing nothing and has all this blood all over her that's making her even colder, and she's upside down, too. So that was just miserable for her. She got sick from that, actually. Wow. Wow. Yeah. She's a real trooper, though, for yeah. doing that. Uh, now, along the lines of famous clown killers, there's a lot of them, you know, Pennywise from it. And, of course, mm -hmm. we have real-life killers like, uh, who was it, John Wayne Gacy, I believe, that like to dress up as clowns. Yes. Uh, you think, I always tell my guests and people that history puts films and entertainment where they belong. Not film critics at the time of release. Mm -hmm. Their opinion doesn't really matter. It's history. Look at all the amazing films that came out that were trashed, like uh, The Thing, and mm -hmm. so on and now they're classics uh you think you know 20 years down the line when people look back uh on art and art might still be going strong in 20 years look at michael myers and yeah. that character where do you think art's gonna fall in regard to like killer clowns I, I am hoping he's gonna beat pennywise one day <laughs> it's just sheer brutality it's just, it's, I, I think, especially with the kills, we're going to, knowing what's coming in part two and some of the ideas that we already have for part three is just like, oh my gosh, it's, it's, I, I'm hoping people are going to think of us as, you know, starting a new generation of horror. It's like kind of how like, you know, Freddie and Jason and mm -hmm. Mike Myers and Leatherface brought in a new generation after the Universal Monsters. Yeah. It's like, I hope that we're going to, you know, inspire a new new line of characters as well yeah and, yep i i definitely see that now the main promotion for this film is like you said word of mouth and that's how it became popular and it's still growing in popularity do you see that terrifier it's been out now for several years but more and more people are catching on to this movie and franchise mm -hmm. i mean uh, is that becoming evident to you? Are you are you seeing a lot more fans flocking and becoming Terrifier fans? Oh, definitely. I, I, I noticed that, you know, there was a difference at the conventions 
before a light. Well, first of all, I noticed the difference between when we before we released on Netflix and then after we released on Netflix, oh, we yeah. had a big, huge, you know, boom. But there was also a difference between before the pandemic and after the pandemic because everybody was stuck at home for basically a year. So everybody's watching stuff mm-hmm. and everybody's catching on stuff up on stuff that people told them they need to see. And so I think a lot of people were introduced to Terrifier during the pandemic. And that I think built up our base even more so. And so I saw a lot more fans going into the conventions this year than I was saying at you know past ones. It's just been crazy, and it, and I, I hope it keeps growing and growing and growing. It's just that's the wonderful thing about you know the internet now is like it's you it, things can go boom in an exactly. instant as opposed to back in the day like when like. For instance, when Nightmare on Elm Street first came out, it took a few years before mm-hmm. people knew who Freddy Krueger was. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I'm going to share a story with you. One of our team members shared today that uh, they watched Terrifier. For the, the first time they watched it was on an airplane through their mobile device. <laughs> and the person next to them was in just sheer horror. Because you can't avoid to see you know, what the person next to you on a plane ride is watching. And they yeah. were like... Yeah, and uh, I've heard a lot of those stories in regards to Art the Clown on subways. Uh, you know, the best way if you want to clear out somebody next to you on a subway car, just put on Terrifier, you know. Yeah. If, they're, they're, if they're not into horror, they're definitely going to abandon that seat right next to you. Oh, yeah. So when it comes to shooting conditions, was there any real big differences uh, in Terrifier 2 compared to Terrifier 1? in the location did you guys also shoot this in winter as well yeah we also shot this one in winter as well <laughs> but uh we, we had some better environments i would say this time some of them still not as great you know like especially uh, where we filmed the climax of the film and it was a great location aesthetically but practically it was not because they just didn't have heat in there so we had to bring our own haters and stuff like that with us and it sucked of course more for my female co-stars than it did for me Oh, poor Lauren. <laughs> Do you think Damien um, does that just to bring out more authenticity in the character? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Oh, I, I wouldn't put it past him either, you know. It definitely adds to their discomfort. <laughs> so when did you find out that there was going to be a Terrifier 2? Oh, gosh. I, I think that was like shortly after we first came out. I mean, we had already been talking beforehand because we thought we had something cool like well you know we'll see how it goes but we're like we think there need to be more more of these films i think and then we saw the reaction it first started getting and we're like oh wow this is you know, bigger than we thought we definitely have to do a part two and so damien got to start writing you know immediately on it and it just, it just sucks it's taken so long to get part two out but it's you know covid kind of hampered yeah. a lot of that so but Damien, well, he's told me, I think it's okay to share that it's all done. Uh, mm-hmm. Now it's a matter of just cutting it and getting it out there. So I know you, yeah. there's no official date for a release, but hopefully we'll be getting it very soon. What yes. would you say that you're allowed to say uh, that we should be really excited about in the second one? Well, I, I will say for one is like we have not pulled back with the kill scenes at all. I think we've actually pu- we're pushing the envelope even more in part two because nice. we're like you know let's let's go for it. Let's let's because that's the thing. It's like we don't want to 
detract from what we had already done in part one. We, we want to keep everything, what everybody loved about it. And one of the big things people love about part one is the brutality of the kills. Yeah. And so we're like, let's go further with these. So we start the film off with a very violent kill. I am pretty sure we would probably get an NC-17 rating just for that first kill in the movie. And we don't let up. It's just this, it's a longer movie too. It's, yeah. um, clocking it over two hours right now yeah, and there's really nothing us. yeah like two hours yeah. and 15 or two hours and 20, yeah. yeah and there's really nothing we can really cut without it hampering the film because everything's connected so it's like oh well you know people are used to longer movies now anyway you go mm -hmm. and see a three and a half hour marvel movie so hey is the, the big thing is you know is you keep the audience engaged and entertained and that's what we're doing in this and so it's it's a fun crazy movie we have our little lulls in there just so people can catch their breath mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's it's constantly going it's like there's like i would say like the last third of the movie is just one roller coaster ride it, it's once it starts going it does not relent until the very awesome. end the awesome. credits roll and just it's crazy i can't wait <laughs> now you know putting art aside for a second what has this done for your uh, acting career art outside of Art the Clown? Are you getting more offers? Are you auditioning for different roles? Uh, what has Terrifier done for your career? It's, it's definitely opened some more doors for me. I've, I've gotten to do some more films and that kind of nature. I mean, I'm doing this uh, a new film with uh, a lot of the Terrifier team called Stream. Yes with a lot of horror legends as well in that, you know, like Dean Dan Wallace, Danielle Harris, Dean Wallace, yeah. oh yeah. Tony yeah. Todd, mm -hmm. Jeffrey Combs, you know, Dave Sheridan, Felissa Rose, so many, so many awesome people that you know, I grew up watching. So it was an honor to be on set with those actors. And so, you know, it's like work begets work. And, and I'm hoping, you know, Terrifier 2 will just put us all on the map even more so. Absolutely. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna, because of Terrifier, the first one, there's going to be a big flock when the movie releases. Mm -hmm. Whether it's theatrical or straight to video on demand, it doesn't matter. People are going to flock to this thing yeah. the day it releases or right in the first opening days that it comes out. Yeah. David, I want to thank you so much for being our guest and just sharing with us the inside tidbits on Art the Clown. Do you know where your next convention is? And it's. Yes, I'm going to be uh, doing Days of the Dead um, next weekend, uh, the eight. Uh, what is it, the 19th or the 21st in mm -hmm. Chicago. Nice. So you're yes. literally you're traveling the country doing these conventions. I've been traveling a lot. This I, I think Chicago is going to be my last one for the year. I might do one more in December. I'm not sure yet, but uh, but starting in February next year, I start doing them all over again. So That's I'm even awesome. going international next year. I'm going to uh, England at least. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm very excited. I'm very happy that conventions are back in person again. Oh, me too. I, I just got my booster shot the other day too, yeah. so I'm all I'm super immune now. So. <laughs> You're ready to go. You're ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Thank you for being on our show. Thank you for bringing us Art the Clown and in the way that you brought us Art the Clown for true horror fans out there. It is a true treat to watch what you do on the screen and Damien he's a genius with what he came yes. up with uh, I mean he's great he knows how to really push the right buttons when it comes to horror so he's definitely a horror genius when it comes to putting this stuff <laughs> together and all of you guys uh, Catherine Samantha 
you're a wonderful team and you know the chemistry that a a cast crew has off the camera it really does show itself in front of the camera and i think that's another factor to the success of terrifier you you described you guys as a family and that really came through you know in the movie as well and i'm sure it's going to come through in the second one so any final thoughts you want to share before we go Oh, gosh. Um, if you want to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, you can find me on there under David Howard Thornton. And I also have a uh, cameo page as well. David H. Thornton, I believe, on there. So if you have a birthday or some, something like that coming up you want to do for somebody, you can find me on there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hire Art the Clown. That will scare the yeah. shit out of people. <laughs> Your very own birthday clown. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank our audience for tuning in tonight. Again, thank you to David. On behalf of David and myself, stay safe, guys, and stay walking. Good night.